You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Southern Ground Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Spartan Forge. It's forged in combat and tailored for hunters. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can start your free 14-day trial today by visiting SpartanForge.ai and you can use the code SOUTHERNGROUND, that's all lowercase, all one word, SOUTHERNGROUND at checkout, and that'll get you 25% off of your purchase. If you're wanting to know more about saddle hunting, well check out TetheredNation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you'd like to support the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, you can visit patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. We offer two different tiers for our patrons that offer a solid list of benefits. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting. And now, let's get to the show. Hey guys, last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. We've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women and by hunters and anglers just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. And as you earn points, you start to unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free stuff, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. Oh, man. Here we go. Zach, how's it going, buddy? Going good, buddy. How about you? I'm freaking, I just told you guys, I, I just woke up from a long nap. Um, so I feel well-rested. Woke up thinking about turkeys. Probably going to go to sleep here in a few hours for the night and dream about turkeys and then wake up and do it all again. I'm, I'm ready. That's 24 seven, three sixty five for me. Yeah. All right. So I, I'm doing this, uh, I'm doing this backcountry hunters and anglers thing. Uh, the Jubilee here, which if you're listening to this, well, I guess this will come out after we've already had it. So, um, but they asked me and Mike Perry to talk about deer hunting. And I'm like, I'm like, boy, I, I can't even think about deer hunting right now. Like, yeah, I have to go and do a seminar and have this long conversation about deer. And all I can think about is turkeys gobbling. Like, yeah. that's tough. So 
I feel bad for the One people who. On. Yeah, it's, it's what I am. I'm. What is it called? Like hyper hyper focused or something like that. Like once you. Those once are you, big words for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I get. I just get so focused on stuff, man. I just uh, like everything else doesn't matter. I'm like, once once the shift happens, I start thinking about something, and I do that with everything, man. Like. When I start doing design a certain way or start editing my videos a certain way, I get so just one track minded and, um, but it's good though. I mean, you end up buying all the nicest stuff for something that you're just picking up doing. You're just starting, you buy the nicest stuff and you go and you do it and you're like, well, that was cool. And then you focus on something else a few days later. Sell it. Yeah. Well, sometimes, and sometimes you just keep the nice stuff. Um, yeah, I have, I have a friend that's like that. He'll uh, he jumps from one thing to another. He'll be on deep sea fishing, go all in, and then like a month down the road, he's like, ah, done with that. Then jump into something else, all in. Like yeah, it's it's fun. But I think I think our guest today, I think Zach, you're uh, you're pretty much all in on turkeys, right? Like that's like your focus all the time. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do a little bit of everything. Like to fish, like to deer hunt um turkeys are my niche though i mean that's that's my passion that's my love it's 24 7 365 like i said and uh ask my wife or anybody that knows me i mean i run calls every day i build calls i i go to bed like you said earlier go to bed thinking about turkeys wake up thinking about turkeys and turkeys 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 that's i mean like like i said i deer hunt and everything and i enjoy that stuff too but turkeys have my heart for sure there's something about flipping on YouTube and seeing a big Viking man hunting turkeys that really just goes together. It's just per it, it goes per it's like peanut butter and jelly, man. Viking folks and turkey hunting is like I feel like every turkey season, if I ain't seeing a Viking man hunting turkeys, then I don't feel complete. You know what I mean? That's right. Hand, hand in hand. <laughs> just ready to go. I just I just try to have my beard as long as their beard is. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Well, I try to keep the Jake beard alive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was watching a, I was watching a video the other day. Maybe y'all saw this. I can't remember what it was on. It may have been, may have been Pinhoti or uh, THP video. It may have been one of your videos, Zach. But they ended up shooting this long beard that had the. It wasn't a beard drop beard, but it was just like a. It almost looked like a Jake. Um, yeah. But it was full fanned. Probably a five-inch beard, and I don't remember if it had spurs or not. Um, but I can't, uh, I can't recall having ever shot a turkey like that. Have you, either of you guys? I th- I think that that was probably one of Dave's videos uh, where he was out west. I think of those Merriam's turkeys; they get beards like that a lot, and I think that's probably due more to their their winter. And I, I guess they get uh, ice in them and strands break off and so they have kind of spindly beards i think that's kind of their reputation out west of having kind of spindly beards and some of them being short if you get a nice big thick beard out there that's that's kind of impressive so are you talking about the people out west or the turkeys out west (laughs) i I, i've seen some cowboys out west that have pretty nice beards (laughs) so yeah you actually yeah they're more mustache guys out in bozeman yeah area but i the merriams i killed in nebraska last year now that you mention it it still had a fairly long beard but it was really thin there was like six strands coming out you know like in the video you can see he he fell down i which i haven't put out yet uh he fell down this cliff and my buddy my other buddy zach goes and gets him and holds him up by the neck and it was like where's the beard at and he has to like pull it up out of the feathers and stuff so you can see it uh yeah took a roll he did man holy crap zach have you hunted turkeys out west anywhere no i haven't uh i've got two little girls and they're still fairly young my youngest is seven and um i've got trips planned already for out west but i'm kind of waiting on them to get a little bit older so i can make the best of my time and spend a little bit more time out there and with young kids it's kind of hard to be away from home for you know a week at a time it gets a little bit hectic if you stay longer than four or five days it seems like so 
I've it, just done Easterns right now, and I'm trying to knock a bunch of East Coast states off and then kind of venture West as I, as they get older and I get in a better situation there. Are you, uh, are you kind of, are you chasing the 49 type thing or are you, would you rather, are I you mean, a slam guy? Would you rather get a slam? I mean, I, I, I feel like everybody anymore, it's like the cool thing to do this, the, the, the 49 slam. Uh, and I mean, I am, but I'm not like hardcore, like going, you know, all out. All I mean, I am, I'm doing it, but it's more, it's not for anything, but just myself and that I like to travel and turkey hunt. That's pretty much it. Like started traveling and, and turkey hunting several years back and, uh, really enjoyed it. And I, and, you know, then every, then all the hoopla kind of come about about it kind of after the fact. And then I thought, well, you know, I, I really do enjoy traveling around and hunting new ground. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm doing it, but I'm not like, you know, doing it for any other reason other than I just really like to just travel and turkey hunt. Yeah. So. That makes sense. Just let, let it happen as it, as it. Right. Might. I mean, I, I have a schedule and I, I mean, every spring I do, you know, sit down with an Excel spreadsheet and kind of like plan it out. And like this year, I'm going to try to do six or seven new States and maybe some return States, but um, it's not like, you know, I don't have a time stamp on it or a time schedule. Like I want to be done with it by then. I just, I want to do it. And if, you know, if it ever comes to fruition and happens, it happens, you know, no, no real hurry. I'm not in a hurry to do it. Yeah. i never have been. I, I don't, I mean, even with everybody, like there's literally people, I, there's a, a Instagram account that does YouTube videos called chasing 49. I guess y'all probably seen yeah. that before. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. so what are y'all's names going to be whenever y'all finally get the 49, like chased, chased <laughs> the 49. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, and I think it's cool. I, I, I really think it's awesome. The guys who are able to go out and do that. Uh, I'm not going to say it's something that I've ever really thought. Let's do this. But this year, uh, I'm kind of accidentally set up my season to go and potentially shoot the, I guess, what is it, the U.S. Slam, where you get the four, oh, yeah. the four subspecies. Is that the Grand Slam? Yeah. yeah. So starting off, starting off in Florida this week. Um, w- when this podcast drops, it'll be this week. Actually, I'll be in Florida, and then uh, of course here in Alabama. And then I'm going to Texas with my dad to hunt some property that my uncle bought. So there's that would be a Rio, and if I if all three of those has happened by then, I don't know that I'll be able to not go somewhere out west and kill a Mary. Oh yeah, it's like Definitely. if I don't shoot my Florida bird or I don't shoot my Texas bird, something like that, then I'm I you know I I can't see paying for the gas to go somewhere this year. Um, yeah, just because I, I, I say that I still might, but. I don't know. It'd be pretty cool to do that single season U.S. Slam, Grand Slam. Oh yeah, definitely. So, have you ever you ever hunted Osceola, Zach? No, I've only ever hunted Easterns. Um, I haven't been able to to travel, uh, like I said, that far west yet. Um, and then Osceolas are just, you know, Florida's got the monopoly on them. So either you go down there and you fight public ground, and that's not for everybody or you pay and go with an outfitter or get access to some ground through some, you know, some way. Um, so I've been working on that. I'm going to go down there in a couple of years probably, but I just haven't, I haven't got the right setup yet to do it. So. Yeah. And Florida, you're right. Florida does have a, they got a chokehold on it. Like yeah. I, I, I wasn't expecting it cause I'm, I've never Turkey hunted Florida. I've only deer hunted. You go out as a non-resident to deer hunt Florida and you're paying like 40 bucks for the license. Cheap. Freaking turkeys is like 300. <laughs> like, something, yeah. 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 When I li- when I lived in Florida, I looked at getting one, which I was a non-resident lived there. I never switched my residency cause I didn't live there long enough, but I looked at it and I was like, shoot, you know, I, non-resident, but living here and I almost just switched my residency so I could, <laughs> have have that one year or just buy a lifetime uh-huh. and then be be locked in but i never did it how you much know, is their lifetime it, i don't know i didn't even really look into it because i never never <laughs> switched over yeah it'd be cool man i 
I'm I'm excited about that one. I'm really excited about that Florida hunt. Um just because it's a it's a state that I've never killed an animal in, which is pretty cool. Obviously their turkey hunting is a little better than their deer hunting, so it's not it's not quite the same feeling, I don't guess, but I mean Florida is just one of those states that I don't think I'd ever want to live there. My it's where my in laws live, and so I've, you know, I've got a reason to live there. But I don't know that I'd ever want to live there. But man, it's high on my list of places to get good at hunting. No matter if it's deer, turkey, or yeah, deer, turkeys, whatever. And it's kind of a, it's really a dreamland if you can figure those things out. Because then you got fishing, you got freaking world class bass fishing. You got beaches yeah. all around it, so, and you pretty much, if you can figure out deer and turkeys out there, you pretty much have all year covered, and with ever, <laughs> without ever having to leave the state, which is... Yeah, there, I, I haven't I haven't hunted, I've been there a lot for vacation and stuff, obviously, but um, never hunted it, but they have a very unique ecosystem there that's unlike anywhere else, um, so it's definitely a place all, all to its own, and different uh very different uh, mm-hmm. hunting than anywhere else so like you said it's a it's a challenge and i i know some guys that have hunted down there on public ground in those swamps and stuff and like i said it's not for everybody i mean some people absolutely love it and some people absolutely hate it so you just kind of you know you have to find your way of or you know what what you would enjoy I and mean, i don't want to go down there and spend a bunch of money and hate every every second <laughs> of it, you know what i mean yeah that's true that's true. I've heard that's, uh, that's how I deer hunted it. I found stuff like home and just sat on it. Which you killed, yeah. You killed a buck out there, didn't you, Matt? Yeah, I killed I killed one buck out there, and there was a ton of turkeys on that WMA that I was on. But they, I was on the more western side of Florida in the Panhandle, um, so they were easterns there. You know, that's uh, it's interesting. Walt Walter Lee chasing tails. He killed a an a. a, a a bird up there where he lives in Northern Florida. And it was apparently every bit of an Osceola. Like it had yep. the pink legs, sharp spurs, little body, you know, super black feathers. And then the black feathers on its wings. And Shane Simpson was actually there uh, with Walter's neighbor. They were hunting. And he told him, he was like, nice Osceola. He's like, that's a, 100 percent in osceola and then walter did some research into it and found out that they're really it it's just an imaginary line that separates the osceolas they i mean there's no reason one couldn't get up in right. that area so right I, I i have buddies that have killed them killed turkeys in the southern part of georgia that they swear were osceolas mm-hmm. and, and that they had people look at and people also said yeah that's an osceola so i mean yeah i mean like you said it's not like there's a border fence there or anything i mean there's not it's it's imaginary line i mean they can migrate just like any other animal could they could easily migrate north but you know the bulk of them are in the southern part of the state to be true true osceolas i guess um but yeah there's no reason that you can't have that oddball turkey that just decides he wants to head north that's right. And even whenever I was in Nebraska last year in May, um, we were hunting the place that was definitely Merriam's, like the western part of the state. Yeah, Everybody knows that. Yeah. Yep. Up in yep. the Pine Ridge area. And that's where I killed that's where I killed mine, which is that one right there that you can see behind me. Um, I killed mine over there on day two. And we were like, Oh, this is awesome, man. We're gonna freaking murder some turkeys out here. And by day like four, we were like, no, well, this isn't, this isn't all that. And so we ended up moving, uh, we ended up moving to the, uh, further west or I'm sorry, further east in the state. And there was a different, definite difference in the birds out there. They were, um, like kind of hybrids. They were like east. I mean, we weren't terribly far from Iowa where they've got Easterns. We weren't terribly far from Pine Ridge where it's Merriam's. And then Rio's further south, and so they were kind of like a three-bird subspecies, um, yeah, or three-subspecies bird, where they had, you know, aspects to all of them. They were really, really responsive to calling, 
um, and and they would come to calling like a Rio. Uh, they had a strong, like, just really good, strong sounding gobble like an Eastern, and mm-hmm. they would move a thousand miles a minute like a Merriam's. And so, yeah. Yeah, and they they had the white tips and stuff, and so they kind of looked Merriam's. They kind of looked like a Merriam's Rio. Um, but their gobble, man, was just like an Eastern. And, and so, I mean, it's like, if you got three, three types of turkeys all in one, that, those lines are re- they really are just imaginary. It, the turkey knows, doesn't know the limits. It's all, your subspecies right. is just based on region more than anything. Not necessarily. Right. You could ask five different people and have five different answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've killed, well, uh, I- I've got a, I've got an Eastern that's right here in front of me. That if you were to just show somebody randomly, like, hey, what kind of turkey do you think this is from the tail fan? And they'd say it's a Rio because it's got these really, really light gold tips on the on the feathers. And I killed that in yeah. freaking North Alabama. You know, that's Eastern is, is a Eastern turkey. Yep. And then I got a white one uh, that, that folks tell me is a domesticated turkey. So, <laughs> yeah. which, which he probably is. I mean... Well, I mean, okay you probably that. you've probably seen this, but uh, Tanner Burns, which he's a taxidermist here in West Virginia, one of the best turkey taxidermists there is in the, in the, in the United States. He killed a white one for his 49th state with Dave Owens in Hawaii on a volcano. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and people told him it was a domestic turkey, and they're like. Man, I killed it on a volcano mountain in Hawaii. It ain't a domestic turkey, and I've seen it. It's <laughs> like Tanner's got my turkey from Georgia right now, mountain. And I got to go pick it up this week, and I seen his white turkey, and it's beautiful. So, well, there. I mean, like like you said, he killed that on a flipping volcano. Like, yeah. my, I killed mine on a piece of public land, like literally on public land in Tennessee. <sighs> There ain't a soul on earth that would have said, no, I'm not going to shoot that one. He just looks right. domesticated. Everybody, everybody shoots it. Every, everybody and their dog shooting that turkey. Like, yeah. You, you, yeah. Can, you can't not. Every, every and, time. And most people are probably targeting that turkey. Like, if they see it the day before, they're like, I'm going after that one. They're they're making a conscious way, decision. Pass one. <laughs> you, have, you have albino albino deer and you know there is smoke faced turkeys a lot i mean so it's not out of the question that there you know could be a a white fully white wild turkey out there sure. i mean it's not definitely not out of the question i'm gonna do a tiktok yeah. video that where i go and say how to shoot a white turkey and do like the <laughs> classic instagram so a ton of you have been asking yeah Parker, <laughs> how do you shoot white turkeys on public land, and I'm going to say it, and this is how you do it. And I'm going to walk in to check tractor supply. I'm going to get a Royal Palm chick, just a little one, or maybe two or three, and go out to public land and say, be free. And then all you got to do is come <laughs> back in three years and shoot your turkey. That's wait. how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's great. Parker, going back on the imaginary line stuff with the Rios and how they breed and whatnot. I have a buddy of mine who has a farm in Alabama and I don't know, I guess 20 years ago or something, you know, our population was not that great. So his family bought Miriam's and Rio's and raised them in pens on this farm. Okay. So over time, you know, that became illegal and you couldn't have turkeys as pets. Well, they released them on the, on the farm. So now he sends me, pictures of these turkeys and i'm like that's a miriam because of you know the white tips and everything and it's just a mate a mate I, I kill one out there and it's just it's funny how over time that that gene is still in them um and they crossbreed and i mean they don't they don't know hey that's a rio i, I like rio girls or i like eastern <laughs> girls you know they don't they don't know that they just do their thing <laughs> oh that's that's freaking awesome yeah they're not they're not like us you know they don't have they no. don't have a type. They're like, she got it and I want it. You know, no. yeah. Them Rios, they just too raspy. I can't. You know, <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't doing that. Oh man, yeah. It's uh, it, it's pretty crazy. Um, going out out west and hearing those uh, Merriam's gobble. 
They just have like this really weak, like puny. And you're like, was that a gobble? What was that? What yeah. was that noise? <laughs> uh, but it's fun, man. Like I, I'm like you, Zach. I like to go and I like to hunt them anywhere. Anywhere they'll let me hunt them. See new scenery. Like there, yeah. there, there's something about sitting under a ponderosa pine out west. Um, but equally, there's something about sitting in a hardwood creek bottom in Alabama. You know, it's just yeah. it's hard to it's hard to put into words. And and I get. We were talking about this earlier, uh, me and you, Zach, we were talking about how many different ways people turkey hunt, you know, and it doesn't yep. ever seem like there's the right way. You know, it, there's not a, it's still just an imaginary line. And it's like, do, do you use, uh, you, you know, Remington Nitro or TSS or a, a heavy shot, you know, mixed blend or whatever. It's like, Everybody has these strong opinions on it, and turkey hunting is the worst. It's like you can't oh, yeah. agree. And all three of us, if you were to take all three of our turkey hunting styles right here and write everything down, they're going to look way different. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it makes it really hard when you go, when you're trying to find people to turkey hunt with and, you know, turkey hunting buddies. Because, like, yeah. well, I'm going to take my decoy. No, don't take that decoy. Yeah, I'm going to take it. Well, that's stupid. You're dumb. Or, uh, you know, I'm going to take my 20 gauge. No, take it 410. That's all you need is 410. Like, there's just so many dividing lines in this deal. Um, but I, I really like guys like you, Zach, because um, in your videos, which which your channel is Kingdom Connection, right? It's Kingdom Connection Grunt Gobble Gills. Is that right still? Yes. Yeah. Um, the thing I like about what you do on there is I don't know if I could – if, if somebody asked me what's Zach's turkey hunting style, I don't know that I could tell them because I've seen you do so many different things. Like, your turkey hunting style is kill them. Like, you just Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But tell us, what would you what would you say, like, is your turkey hunting style? Like, if you had to say. Um, I would say if you had to put a term on it, that I'm diehard running gun. Um, I despise hunting out of a blind. I just feel way too concealed or not concealed, but confined. Like I can't hear and I can't see. And I just, I can't stand it. I hate, I hate it. I've only ever killed one Turkey out of a blind and it was on a two day trip in Pennsylvania where it was pouring the rain and I had to hunt out of that blind. So I didn't waste a day. That's the only Turkey I've ever killed out of a blind. Um, now I, I'm not against blinds at all. And, and, you know, like you said, everybody has their opinions on turkey hunting. Turkey hunting is the worst, for sure. Everybody thinks their way is the only way to do it. And if you don't do it this way, you're wrong. If you, you know, if you use a friction call, you should use a mouth call. If you don't use decoys, you should. I mean, you know, everybody's got their opinions. That's fine. I'm. This is my opinion, and this is the way that I like to do it. Like I said, I'm not. If you want to hunt out of a blind with decoys and you enjoy that, and it's, you know go for it. That's fine. I'm talking about my style and and I'll take kids. Like I've taken my daughter and she's killed a couple out of a blind. When she got old enough to hunt out of a blind, I took her and she killed one out of a blind. And she said, this is way better. Yeah. And that was her opinion. She said, this is way better than hunting in a blind. So, you know, and she formulated that herself, but I gave her the option, you know, she was, she saw both sides of it and she was able to choose. Now, a lot of people, they may have, you know, only ever seen guys on TV hunting in a blind with a full strutter in front of them in a field, and they may not know any better, you know. And, and, and you know, I challenge those people to try it a different way and at least try these different ways so that you can formulate your own opinion instead of what's been shoved down your throat, you know, on TV or social media or whatever, um, because there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat and there's a lot of different ways to kill turkey. And there's a lot of good ways out there. And there's a lot of ways that I probably don't agree with, but not to say that, you know, you won't love it. Um, but like you said, I'm adapt. I like to be adaptable and I just want to kill turkeys. That's all. I mean, like I talked to a guy last week and he was saying, you know, I don't, I don't like to sneak up on turkeys. And I said, man, I hunt topography in mountains and I just listened to your podcast with Devin Duncan, and I was talking to him earlier today, talking about topography. He's a mountain hunter like me. 
And uh, I told him, I texted him and I said, buddy, we're on the same wavelength because I mean, if, if you got a turkey out there that's answering a call and he just won't break, but you know, you've got a roll and you can get another, you know, 30 or 40 yards on him and kill him. Yeah. I'm dropping the vest and I'm crawling on him. So, I mean, my style, you know, in a nutshell is run and gun all day long. Um, that's what I want to do, but like I'm adaptable and I'll do whatever it takes if, you know, to kill a turkey. If I have to hunt in a, in a blind or crawl up in a barn or whatever I need to do to kill that turkey, that's what I'm going to do. But preferred method is get out there on a high knob, hear one, move in on him, call him in, you know, that kind of deal. So what's your, uh, what's your dream scenario? I'm going to, I think we should go around the table on this one, uh, because there could be so many different different ways to do it but what's if you had to say like that's the perfect way that's the perfect turkey hunt what would it be man uh that's a hard question i mean every every one of them is is different in their own way and i mean every single hunt that's what makes it so fun to me is you never have the same hunt ever with a turkey, especially if you're running a gun. And now, now if you're in a blind and you've got it set up on this field corner and, and, you know, you can go to that blind and kill one every year, you know, out of that same corner, you know, it's like deja vu every time. And, and you may have those kind of scenarios come up every now and then in, in running and gunning, but every hunt is different and every one of them is special. And you can look back on them and be like, man, that was cool. Or like mm-hmm. you have, you know, something in this hunt that really stands out to you. Um, I don't know. I mean, I love, I love getting on one on the roost and sneaking in super, super tight on him and uh, getting to see him on the limb and fly down in front of you. You don't get that. I don't get that as much as I'd like it. Um, that's fun. But I think, Probably the best is when you're just up in the day, you know, we can only hunt till one in West Virginia. So up in the morning, nine o'clock or something, and you're going around a big high point and you owl hoot or whatever, and you strike one and you you know, you're back in the game. I think that's probably my dream thing. Like, I just love that, you know, like you're going around through there and bang, you hit one and, uh, you know you're back in the game and you you all these things go through your head about where can I get where can I get and set up I like it when it when they're real close to you too and you have to kind of like just hit the deck because everything happens so quick mm-hmm. everything happens so quick and you've got to you've got to make all these decisions that are make or break decisions like that because you don't have time to pick the perfect tree in that situation or throw a decoy out or anything like that and all of your instincts kind of just take over at that point it's like Hit the deck, get to that big tree right there. That's the kill spot that he's going to pop up. And then you play the game and then you're in it. I live, and I've always said this, even from the time I was little, I've always said that the reason that I am a turkey hunter is I live to play the game. Like it's the ultimate chess game for me. Like that's the coolest part of turkey hunting is you're interacting with this turkey on his terms, in his house, he knows every inch of that house. He knows when anything is out of place and you're tricking him in his own house. That's like, it gives me chills right now. Like it's just, that's the coolest part of turkey. Your beard, hair just, your beard just straightened out. Oh, it's just, it's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like drumming right now. Like I'm puffed up. <laughs> like it gets me fired up. Cause like you're in, like I said, you're in his house and you're playing his game on his terms. And when you trick him, especially in a situation like that, where he hits it right on top of you and you have split seconds to make decisions, that's when it's really, that's when it's really intense and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was telling somebody the other day too, like, and I love to work a Turkey to a call and have them just strut right down the gun barrel and everything. But I honestly think, and I heard Devin say something similar to this in his podcast, when you're walking around and you hear one drum and you know, he's close, you know? Um, But I think that, like I said, that's intense when you're working one in real close to a call, 
but also on the same wavelength, if you're crawling on a turkey, you know, in the woods, if you're crawling on him and all you can hear is him drumming and he's shaking the ground around you drumming, you know, you're getting close and you've got to get three more trees before you can kill him. Like that's intense. Like, and people might say, well, you know, that's kind of cheating. You're, you're, you're crawling. You should be sitting with your back to a tree. That's another opinion thing. You know, I'm there to kill a turkey. I'm there to play the game, but I'm there to kill a turkey. And so if I've got to make a crawl move, a power move to get to a stump or a, a laid down log, I'm going to. And in that time that I'm crawling, that's intense. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, if you've never done it, you, you, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's, it's very intense. And then when you get to the point where you can lay eyes on him, it's just like you did it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's cool. Man, I'm, I, I feel you on that crawling thing like when you can hear them especially when you can hear them it's one thing i've crawled on birds where i knew they were there but they weren't giving me the the reassurance you know that i needed um (laughs) to and i couldn't really hear them or anything i just knew they were there right over a roll in the hill or whatever and that's fun it's intense because you're like man i hope he's still there i hope he i hope he's still hanging out but whenever they're making a noise whether it's drumming or gobbling whatever and you know, once I get there, he's he. I might spook him. He may bust out of there real quick. But I'm gonna have my shot. I'm gonna have my opportunity when I get to that spot. That's tough to. Yep. It's tough to beat that. Matthias, yep. what do you think? What's your what's your yeah. like dream scenario? Shoot, like Zach said, there's a lot of different scenarios. But for me, it goes back really to my first turkey uh, that I killed. Kind of how it all panned out. Uh, so kind of, you know, get in there, hear them on the roost, you know, it could be a bird, cold birds, doesn't really matter. Uh, but they go and they don't come to you. They kind of go do their own thing. Well, typically for me in the morning, if they just go off and don't recognize me or acknowledge me, I just kind of, the air kind of gets taken out of me. You know, you're like, well, shoot, I had my chance. I wasn't, I wasn't in between where they were going and where they were. Um, but then you're able to go and make a move to where they're going to go next and you cut them off and you sit there and you, you, you know, they're coming, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're gobbling, they're gobbling. And then they finally break and they come to you. And for my first Turkey, they broke and they came and I could hear him running up a hill in the hollow and he came to 20 yards and shot him. So <laughs> it's like, like y'all were saying the drumming, you can hear it, but you don't physically see the bird yet. So it was yep. kind of a mix of deer deer hunting with the turkey. You know, you hear them coming, but you don't see them. But then all of a sudden you see them and they're just glowing. You know, the sunlight's just hitting them perfect. And it's like. They're dang, literally glowing. It looks like an animation. I, I mean, really? Yeah. Um, and Parker, I sent you that video of the bird I saw. Uh, when was it? Tuesday. And his head looked like the American flag. I mean, he was just. <laughs> It was impressive. Somewhere yeah, Toby that, Keith that was be... strumming his guitar, American Girls. Yeah, like, I know what you're talking about, man. I love it. But it that but yeah, that would be uh my my you know, dream hunt is to well let them go do their thing on the roost and I'm sitting there waiting for them for when they're ready to break and go find more hens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't you know, I'm my I you think tell us, Parker. <laughs> I've had to, my, my, my first, uh, I guess if you, I, I consider it my first turkey, even though it wasn't, it was probably my seventh or eighth turkey. Uh, but it was the first one that I shot that was an Eastern um, in Georgia uh, when I first really got into this kind of run and gun style turkey hunting. And uh, it was like what you described, Matt. It was, uh, you know, they went off and did their own thing on the roost. And I was really about to start walking back to the truck. And they gobbled again across a ridge and I went in and they were just doing exactly what you're talking about. They were just looking for another hen and they were gobbling like crazy the whole way to me. And I shot it and it was, I mean, that was so cool. Um, so, and I've had a few of those situations, which really does affect my answer to this because I'm like both of you guys, I absolutely I mean, the memorable ones for me are the ones that I've already given up and something something happens, you know, so, uh, yep. something changes. Mm-hmm. 
I've, that's the ones that I remember is when you're like, well, maybe I'll just call one more time, you know, on the way back to the truck. If something gobbles, great, we'll go after it, but I need to get home or whatever. Um, but like those like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock kills are the ones that I, golly, I remember them so well. And I've had, I've had so many good experiences, uh, turkey hunting that are all so different. Last year ended up running into two guys that I didn't even know. And we had been working the same bird all morning. And so we just kind of hunted together. We were just standing there talking and a bird gobbled. And we just started hunting together. We ended up getting on like three turkeys right there after 11 o'clock. And, uh, and I killed one at, I think I finally killed one at like 1.30. So it was like, that was super memorable. I don't even know these dudes. And we're out there working turkeys together. Tag teaming. I mean, like we said, everybody has a different way of turkey hunting. Yeah. Um, so we just happened to run into each other and didn't want to kill each other, which is cool. Um, like... And and those guys were, I'm telling you, one of the guys was just an absolute machine turkey hunter. And the other one was freaking good at it, too. Like, they were both solid turkey hunters. And I felt like, man, I don't know anything compared to these dudes. <laughs> um, but I tell you, I know how to be fast on that trigger. <laughs> like, that's what I'm good at. Um, and yeah, then I've had. When it counts. Yeah, exactly. And then I've had turkey hunts that, like, you know, with the white bird. I mean, that, how do you forget that? That's that's super memorable. But the hunt itself yeah. was not all that crazy good. You know, like it wasn't like it was. I mean, it it was pretty hard asking the farmer for permission. To <laughs> You're right. Yeah. And then you got to think about like, how much feed am I going to have to buy? Do I have to cook this thing different? Does it come in the little net like a butterball? You know, is like, this a Thanksgiving turkey? <laughs> <laughs> There's all kinds of uh, logistics that you got to think about when you go into a farm bird. Um, <laughs> but that was memorable. Uh, that was a really memorable turkey hunt. Um, and the crazy thing was, is had I killed the bird that I was set up right there to kill, it would have been one of the most memorable turkey hunts for me. It would have been, it would have been like textbook. I'd been set up on this same bird for three days in a row, four days in a row, and he would roost in the same spot. Every single time I'd get in, he'd gobble like crazy, and then he would fly down a different direction. He'd fly down the opposite direction than what he did the morning before. And so this specific day, I had seen the white turkey the day before, and so I was like, well, that bird's in here, and he gobbles good, and, you know, later in the day I may, you know, try to get after him, try to figure out which one he is. But I started off my morning, I was going to hunt this one bird, and he was on this point, it was long, maybe like 100-yard point that goes out into the middle of the water. And the first day I was there, there was three birds that were roosted on it. Um, second day, there was just one, then the third day, there was one. I think this was the fourth day that I was hunting him. And I had done the wrong choice every single time, and uh, every single morning, I'd been on the wrong side that he was not coming down to, so the, this this morning, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get in, I'm going to get right in the smack dab middle, and I'm going to see which side he goes on, and I'm going to shoot him. Well, he goes basically across the water, across the slough, does not use, I mean, he goes into the thickest cedars you've ever seen, and I I lost him. I was like, well, I don't have a chance at him now. Like, I could run over there, and as soon as I looked over to where he flew down to, I look over like this, and I see a group of hogs working this ridge, which it actually wasn't hogs. It was white turkey. It was a white turkey. Another one that I think there was another white one in there. I can't really remember. Um, but then there, there was for sure a regular, just regular Eastern Longbeard with them. And they're walking this ridge. And I look over. And I'm like, what in the world is that? And <clears throat> then they started gobbling. And I was like, well, crap, there's turkeys right there. So I ended up not chasing the one that I'd just seen fly off. And just sitting on those birds but i mean they would gobble at geese coming down uh, you know when a goose would they'd gobble like crazy but they wouldn't even begin to gobble at my calling so you know it was kind of one of those things it was like the hunt was cool i knew they were there and i knew i had a good chance to kill them and it's a white turkey on public land that's pretty cool but it wasn't quite like the one i'm about to share which is uh, the last Alabama bird I killed last year, which happens to be the probably the best spurred turkey I've ever killed. 
Um, but I was hunting here in Alabama, and it was pretty late in the season. And I was actually this bird was a turkey that I had worked um, when I ran. We we me and those guys were both both working these the same bird all morning that morning, and he would get down roost like you know three quarters of the way up this ridge and he would fly down into this creek bottom and he was untouchable once he got to that creek bottom he you could not you could not kill him and he was down in the creek and we were up on top whenever we were working him together and uh we were we couldn't we weren't able to kill him uh i was able to kill another turkey that we ended up bringing in a two-year-old later that mid-morning but um this one got away i mean he was just stayed down in there and so i was bouncing ideas back and forth text message with these two guys later in the season and i kind of had a game plan i was gonna get in there just dark like super early go go ahead and just not even wait for him to gobble just go down into that bottom and stay there until he does gobble and try to figure out where he's at and i ended up getting down in that bottom right as the sun was like it was just getting enough light in the sky and that turkey gobbled, I mean, in a tree like 30 yards away from me. I mean, he was right there. And I set my butt down. He ended up flying across the bottom onto the other ridge on the other side. There's a flat. And I could hear hens and I could hear him. He was gobbling just very, very rarely he would gobble. And so I I got ended up circling around him. I saw the hens. I never could see him, but I saw the hens working this oak flat. And... uh I saw him go over the hill, so I walked over there and just kind of stood there really slowly. I was, at this point, it was like 9.45, maybe 10 o'clock, and I'm standing up there at the top and uh, talking to my video camera, and I'm like, okay, you know, that turkey's somewhere around here. I'm just going to sit my butt down, and maybe I'll hear him, and as soon as I sit down, he gobbles down in that bottom where I'd started the morning at. I'm like, all right, well, he's down there, so... Then I started crawling. I just started, I got down on my belly, crawled down the ridge into the bottom. And it's pretty thick in this bottom, but he never gobbled again. So I have, I have no idea where, if he just stayed put in one spot or if he was moving, but I ended up doing like three setups and just trying to move closer down that bottom. And, uh, finally on the last one, he never gobbled, but I just sat there and he came right to me. 20 yards 11 o'clock and I killed this bird and I think the thing that went into that like the reason why that was like my favorite turkey hunt is because I know several people that were good turkey hunters that were trying to kill that turkey and knowing that I was the one who killed him that I mean that's a that's a big accomplishment for me especially considering how I felt about those guys whenever we hunted together I was like these guys are Ah. freaking monsters in the woods you know and i'm just figuring stuff out and um knowing that i was the one who killed him and then going back to what y'all said like those late morning you kind of gave up not and i didn't really give up he gave me just enough confidence to be able to stay out there i was going to stay out there all day if i had to Mm -hmm. but i mean that aspect of it um it was a place that uh, it was a turkey that i had hunted before you know, I, I don't even, I hardly ever have history with deer, let alone turkeys, you know? And so yeah, and no, you, had, you had a bone to pick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did. And, uh, I think that was, that was pretty cool. And also, uh, I had never killed three birds in Alabama in a single season. And, mm-hmm. uh, the, the place, the area that I turkey hunt here at home, it's just, it's tough hunting, man. It's just hard. It's, I know guys that have never killed a bird out here and they've hunted it their whole lives. And, mm. and so if I, if I kill one or two out there in a season, I'd feel good about myself. Um, but last year I don't, I didn't hear a single gobble on where I hunt at home. And so, uh, I never killed three and that was pretty cool being able to kill three. And I ended up killing four that season. Uh, I went to Nebraska and killed the Merriams and that was number four. So it was just a, it was a, Zach, you probably have this, um, like, memorable season where it, things just started to click. Like, you just kind of started to figure out some things. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it took – my my uh, 
my turkey hunting journey has been fairly long. Um, I'm 33 and I've hunted since I've hunted with my dad since I was probably five, five or six. And, um, my dad didn't have anybody like his dad died when he was young and he didn't have anybody in his family that turkey hunted. Um, so he didn't kill a turkey until he was probably in his thirties just because wow. he didn't have anybody to take him. And, uh, he didn't know anything about it. He was a deer hunter. All my family was deer hunters. And, you know, we would, we would go Thanksgiving week is rifle season and we would go to a camp and deer hunt every year and all that kind of stuff. And they were all into that, but he just never really turkey hunted. And then we had this guy in our, in our town where we live, he was a big time turkey hunter and he took my dad and, um, my dad killed his first turkey. And then when I was, that was probably when I was six or seven, so then my dad kind of got into it. It kind of got bit by the turkey bug a little bit and uh, started going. And I can remember I would always want to go. Anytime my dad would go in the woods, I would always want to go. And my mom, when I was little like that, my mom was always like, no, you can't take him because it's dangerous. You know, you're sounding like a turkey. We knew some people that had been shot turkey hunting. Um, so my mom was always very much against my dad taking me. And finally, whenever I was nine or eight probably is when I started started going with dad and me and him learned together you know he didn't he didn't know I didn't know I was eight years old uh we learned together through mistakes and a lot of mistakes I can and and those mistakes are ingrained in my memory and I learned a lot of them early on that are very valuable that have stuck with me that I pull out of my memory bank every year. Um, Cause I'll get into a scenario and that memory will pop up in my head. Like this happened, you know, back then. So I'm thankful that me and dad had to learn the way that we learned because I, I learned, like I said, through a lot of trial and error and a lot of mistakes. Um, but I called my first Turkey in when I was nine years old with an old lynch box call. I still have it right there in the cabinet. And uh, my dad shot it. That's the last turkey my dad's ever killed. He hasn't killed one since. Um, so that's been 20-some years ago. But he's been with me on a few since then that I've killed. And I didn't kill my first turkey until I was 16. So from the time I was 9 until 16, I kind of, you know, continued to go with my dad and, and learn. I mean, a lot of, a lot of mess-ups. And it took a long time to get to that first one. And I felt like it was never going to come felt like this, this will never happen. Like these, these things are unkillable, you know? Um, and, and you kind of, it's, 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 it's a progression as a, as a hunter. I mean, deer hunters go through this a progression as well. And then, you know, you get to a certain point where you start perfecting your craft, but you know, I went through this long progression where I was, you know, learning through after mistake, after mistake, after mistake. And then finally at 16, I killed my first one, which it's that turkey right there still my one of my biggest turkeys I've ever killed but killed him and from there it was kind of like okay maybe I do know how to do this and so then I started killing a little bit you know I'd kill one every year or so and then I started tagging out we can kill two here so I started tagging out and yeah like you said you get to a certain point where you're like okay I figured this out and then the turkeys humble you again and yeah. let you know that you have not figured this out and they humble you, they continue to humble you. And you, you have to stay, you have to stay humble and grounded in this, just like anything in life, but especially turkeys. Cause you, you, when, when you think you've got it figured out, you've got a, a, a bad thing coming towards you. You could just, cause you, you could just take this talk and put it in a marriage conference and uh, oh, yeah. people it, would feel the same way. Marriage, yeah. 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 Same, same concept. So but anyway, yeah, I finally, I finally got to a place where I felt like I had kind of, you know, figured it out um, to an extent. And, I'm, and I learn every time I go now. Um, I mean, literally every hunt you can look, you know, once you get home and you're, you kind of decompress and you think about it again, you can really learn something from every single hunt you're on. And if you're, if you're not learning something, if, if you're not allowing them, the ultimate teacher, to teach you something every single time that you go, you're never going to reach your potential. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, and if you want to be a great turkey hunter or a great deer hunter or a great musician or whatever, you have to learn every single day something. And then that way you can apply that in the future and just store them in that memory bank, like I was talking about. And because they're eventually going to come back up, you're going to get in a situation where, you know, you can pull that out of your memory bank and be like, I've, I've done this before. That's so, so good. That's good stuff. I mean, that, that was really when we, when we decided to do like true Turkey season podcast and really focus on turkeys during the Turkey season, like right before and, you know, a little ways after that was one of the things I was trying to figure out is like, what is the best way to use a podcast to talk about Turkey hunting and, um, deer, it seems like there's a little more strategy and a little more black and white that can mm-hmm. happen in deer woods with turkeys. It, it feels like it's a, just a kaleidoscope, you know, it's not black and white. There's not one way that turkeys operate. They do, they all do different things. And so I, I as I was thinking about it, uh, and Zach, you were one of the very, very first ones that we kind of used this model for was scenario driven just so people can do like what you just said, where they can think of a scenario, even if it wasn't theirs, they can think of somebody else's scenario and pull that out of the bank and say, okay, this lines up. And we, we haven't done that nearly as much this year, not necessarily focused on that scenario stuff, but we've ended up kind of arriving in the same spot, um, through conversations with people like you and, and having more voices on the podcast. Like that's kind of been something that, um, has really just we we ended up at that same spot on the map and um and i think it's so important to use it's like with anything like we just said like you said marriage with work with anything i mean everything all of our all of our knowledge is based on experience and yes. scenarios and i think that's uh i think that's important especially when it comes to turkey hunting is being able to have some reference point you know and probably more than likely what's going to happen 97% of the time is it's going to be a new me- new memory and a new scenario, and it's not going to work out the same way that it did for Zach or, or for Matt or for Parker. It's going to work out the way it worked for you in that moment, and right. yeah. and you can't really do anything to change that. And it's like you said, Parker, with deer, it's a little more black and white of what they're going to do. Like when you hunted that bird, you knew where he was roosted, but he did something different every morning. Mm-hmm. All, all four mornings he did something different where in deer hunting you could say within those four mo- mornings this deer is going to take this path and he's going to mess up well that deer or that turkey you could have hunted him six mornings <laughs> and he's still going to do something different every yeah. time if he's only got he, he might only have three options but by god he's going to do something he's going to have nine you know by the end of yeah. it figure something out yep and that and that's goes back to what zach said it's a chess match and that's that's where you find out how how to do it, and you learn from each each mistake you make. I've made plenty yeah. of mistakes, and so have y'all. But you capitalize on those, and you can make mistakes about mistakes, and you know that's possible. It's like playing chess, but each piece of the chessboard can fly, and mm. and see very well, and yeah, uh, and that makes things a little bit hard. You know, they can't just run off they're gonna fly away they're gonna fly out of the county it's like yeah how do you kill this thing you know they think get away from me so easy um yeah 200 270 degrees yeah <laughs> that's we learned that we learned that and yeah. they can also see what was the word telescopic they have telescopic telescopic vision. and monoscopic i think that's wild they could they see three cones and one cone or something there three cones and one rod like ours yeah, one rod. Yeah, something I think. like that. Yeah, I've I've, I've caught myself Crazy. in the dark, thinking, "All right, where can I, where can I stop seeing that?" <laughs> Since that conversation, and early in the morning, being like, "Okay, do you think it, could a turkey see me right now if he was mm-hmm. here?" Um, it'd be really funny to find out that like we die and go to heaven, and God's like, "You know, those things really can't see that good. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're really not that good." <laughs> <laughs> well boys yeah. we're uh we're running up on time appreciate you guys coming on and man i'm freaking excited i am jacked <laughs> up about turkey season this year i'm so excited it's it's, it's wonderful 
It's wonderful. And Zach, once again, uh, can you tell us where we can find you and kind of what your page is and whatnot? Oh, yeah. And plug your plug your calls, too, if people want to buy some calls from you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm on Facebook uh, and Instagram. I'm more I'm more on Facebook. Zach Lucas. Um, that's my personal uh, page on Facebook. And then we have a Facebook and an Instagram um, page for Kingdom Connection slash grunt goblin gills or ggg outdoors um and uh then we have a youtube channel that's kingdom connection ggg outdoors and that's where we post all of our videos to um primarily turkey but we do you know some some deer and some fishing and some different things every now and then but we're we're primarily turkeys our niche and um then i build i build mouth calls so um if you need a mouth call built or whatever you can reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook or message me and um, we can talk and get you set up for a mouth call. So I got five of them coming to me. I'm fired up. Yeah. They're on the table. I'm going to finish them up when we get off. Heck yeah. I have to grab one. Yeah. I'm... Yeah. Shoot me a message and I'll get you set up, man. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good season. Thanks guys. I appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, one last thing I was going to say, we were talking about, the 49 state slam and you know how we're going about it and then you you had said that you ran into some guys in Alabama and you kind of teamed up and and that kind of made me think of this uh one of the coolest parts that I think of like you know chasing the 49 states or just traveling around turkey hunting um is is finding like-minded people um you know we were talking about it's hard to find somebody to hunt with because you might clash with them um, but I think real recognizes real and like all of my buddies that I'm real close with here are just like me, like hardcore about it. And I have other buddies that I do turkey hunt with that aren't as hardcore about turkey hunting, but they're still good hunters. Um, but I think that's, that to me is like the coolest part of traveling around and, and turkey hunting out of state with other people is, you know, I get to see places that I wouldn't. I wouldn't see and I wouldn't be in those places if it weren't for a wild turkey. And I meet people along the way that I wouldn't meet and be friends with if it weren't for a wild turkey. And and deer are cool and all, and, and they bring people together too, but there's something different and there's something special about the way a wild turkey brings people together. And it's it's really crazy when you think about it that a, that a bird can can bring – people together the way it does but i've made some of the greatest friendships and met some of the greatest people that i'll ever meet um you know throughout traveling and and just you know even even through just videos and people reaching out to me and then us becoming friends i mean my best friend i met him on a turkey hunting forum and drove out of state and hunted with him and killed a turkey and we're best friends 10 12 years after that you know we talk every day mm-hmm. um i've hunted with you know, people, I hunted with Clay Townsend last year. He just won uh, champion of champions at the NWTF. Uh, he's a call builder out of Georgia. You know, guys that I would never meet or get to, you know, conversate with and associate with if it weren't for the wild turkey. And to me, that's like one of the coolest things that there that there is, is that this bird can bring great people together and you can form great friendships and relationships over a turkey and and you know and have a and have a common ground like i said real recognizes real um and and you know guys you know that that are like me associate with me yeah. so it's it's cool i love it man i'm I, I i love that outlook and like you said it's it's uh it's so cool whenever to me like it's a cool thing when you see like a just not even talk about turkey hunting it's cool when you see a Democrat and a and a Republican as friends, right? You're like, man, you overcame yeah. all odds and you're friends now. It's equally as cool, if not more cool, whenever you see uh, hunters who can, even even if they're different, even they have different opinions and different styles, that they get along, right? You know, and they're buddies. So I think it, I, I'm I'm right there with you, man. I think it's a uh, it's a cool thing. I I'm like you. I I've seen so many cool places just because turkeys and deer exist um well that's something like i told my buddy i told my buddy the other day you know i'm not out here 
to beat my chest because it's not about me for one like another thing about our channel is you know it's a ministry and and we we try to just plant seeds for for god you know and and turkeys are my platform that i'm able to use so mm -hmm. i feel like that's something god's given me to use but like i told him the other day it's not about competition it's not about me being better than you or you know your channel having more subscribers than mine and you know any any of that i'm not here to compete with anyone because that's not what it's about like we are stronger together as hunters than we are divided and at each other's throats yeah i'm better than you because i hunt them this way and my channel's bigger than your channel and it's not about that at all yeah. and and i think when people when people get it twisted like that uh, they've they've lost total sight of the big picture and what's really important and that's just you know being out there in creation and seeing the woods come alive and seeing that there is a creator and we're here for a purpose these animals are here for a purpose and you know that that's what it's about soak all that in don't be out there thinking well i gotta kill this turkey and post it post it all over social media or i'm a failure because that's yeah. that's not it at all you know what i mean and and I think that I think that hunting as a whole has kind of taken this this other avenue that's that's uh, you know it's got in people's heads so much that they're a failure if they're not posting to to Facebook today with a with behind the fan of their turkey or whatever uh, or I got to keep up with I got to keep up with Dave Owens or whoever it is you know what I mean it's not about yeah. that it's you and the turkey or you and the deer or whatever that may be, it's your competition amongst yourself, nobody else. You're not competing with anybody else. Enjoy it, soak it all in, make memories with your friends and your family. And yeah, just give God thanks for it all. That's it, man. That's it. Thanks guys. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the Southern ground hunting podcast. As always a big shout out to all of our partners. That's go wild Spartan forge tethered, new canoe and scree gear you can keep up with southern ground hunting by following us on facebook and instagram or you can subscribe to us on the youtube channel and make sure you check out southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch hats t-shirts stickers stuff like that i truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll see you here again next week remember this god gave you dominion over the birds of the air the fish of the sea and the beasts of the earth so go out and exercise that dominion we'll talk to you next time